You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Hello, and welcome to episode 123 of the Soul Forge Podcast. Welcome to the Soul Forge, a place of silent mystery, quiet contemplation, and outright mayhem. Join your host, Sean Vanderloo, as he guides you through the adventures of living. Together, we'll talk about life and love, sex and dating, joy and heartache, memories and loss, and so much more. Don't worry, it's not nearly as pretentious as it sounds. Get ready for life, the universe, and everything on The Soul Forge. Hey gang, it's Sean, right back at you with another exciting episode here on the ESO Network. Today, we're going to talk about happiness, or the fear of happiness. And as you'll see, there's a perfectly good reason for this topic this week. Now, if you've been uh, following along closely to the last few recent episodes, you'll have taken note that uh, I haven't been my most happiest of selves lately. Uh, A lot of that has to do with the recent changes at work. And you know what? I've decided that uh, I'm kind of tired of being miserable. And so I'm just going to choose not to be miserable. Now, that's not an easy thing. It takes a lot of effort, a lot of mindfulness and whatnot, uh, but it can be done. But why are we talking about this? Well, there's, uh, there's been a lot on my mind because of all the changes that I want to make in my life and that kind of thing. And Trish, who was on a couple of recent episodes, asked me today, actually, she said, do you still think you're doomed or never allowed to be truly happy? So that caused me to... Uh, think a little bit about that. And that was always my stance on things. Oh, you know what? I I better not say that I'm happy because as soon as I do, the universe conspires to take it away. And and I have had uh, several specific incidences or examples where that actually happened. I remember feeling happy at a particular moment and then I got some bad news. And I was like, you know what? I don't know if I feel that way anymore because I've been able to identify that as a specific uh, phenomenon, I guess. And so I guess if you, I suppose if you put a name to a thing, that uh, takes away its power because it's not so mysterious anymore. So we were uh, messaging back and forth, Trish and I, and so she said, do you think you're still doomed and never allowed to be happy? And I said, you know what? I don't think so. I think I'm allowed. I just need to allow myself. And she said, well, that's a start. Why don't you allow yourself? And I was thinking about it. I think a lot of it has to do with my upbringing and the mental illness in my family and that kind of thing. But she said, here, here's a thought. What are 10 things that bring you joy? And I was like, oh, well, uh, that's a tough one. It shouldn't be a tough one. I should just know what they are automatically. But that would make a great episode uh, to brainstorm 10 things that make me happy on the podcast. But then she sent me a list of different things. Um, from her perspective on what makes me happy. And I'll, uh, I'll read that in just a moment. And I would say they're pretty accurate for the most part. What I wanted to do was actually take a look online and see if 
a fear of happiness was an actual psychological condition. Because I've, I've talked to people uh, about this specific thing where, you know what, don't say you're happy because as soon as you do, it gets snatched away from you. And uh, there's a name for it, and it's called aversion to happiness or fear of happiness. And of course, the, uh, the scientific name is cheraphobia, C-H-E-R-O phobia. And it is an attitude towards happiness in which individuals may deliberately avoid experiences that invoke positive emotions or happiness. Uh, I don't know if that's something that I've done. I don't know if I've deliberately avoided experiences that would result in happiness. I do know that I've specifically tried to ignore the happiness so that I didn't admit it to myself or the universe for fear of it being taken away. And uh, according to Wikipedia, one of several reasons why cherophobia may develop is the belief that when one becomes happy, a negative event will soon occur that will taint that happiness, as if punishing that individual for satisfaction. And that's exactly it. You're being punished for being happy. Uh, the thing goes on here in the article says, This belief is thought to be more prevalent in Eastern cultures, but in Western cultures, such as the American culture, it is almost taken for granted that happiness is one of the most important values guiding people's lives. Western cultures are more driven by an urge to maximize happiness and to minimize sadness. Failing to appear happy often gives cause for concern, and the value placed on happiness echoes through Western positive psychology and through research on subjective well-being. And this, uh, this fear of happiness is associated with fragility of happiness beliefs, suggesting that one of the causes of aversion to happiness may be the belief that happiness is unstable and fragile. And uh, a couple of people actually did some research on this and they came up to four reasons for this aversion to happiness. The first one is a belief that happiness will cause bad things to happen. So yeah, you, you, avoid, uh, you avoid happiness because you're afraid bad things will happen. Number two, that happiness will cause you to become a bad person. I don't know how that works, but number three says that expressing happiness is somehow bad for you and others, and number four, that pursuing happiness is bad for you and others. Three and four are kind of similar things, but one is expressing happiness and the other is pursuing happiness, so it's, it's bad. Some people are wary of happiness because they believe that bad things such as unhappiness, suffering, and death tend to happen to happy people. So I guess if you're sad all the time, then nothing bad happens to you? I don't know if that's true. Uh, and I was talking to Karen about this a while back, talking about the fear of happiness, and I think we figured it out. It's not the fact that bad things happen automatically because you're happy. I think if you're sad all the time, you don't notice all the bad things because it's just standard procedure. But in your moments of levity, when you feel happy, you experience the happiness, you are more... Uh, inclined to notice the bad things that happen. They're not just part of the background anymore, they come front and center because the happiness is such an extreme to what you normally feel when you're taken, pulled right out of that happiness because of a bad thing, well then uh, there it is, that's, that's what happened. But on the other hand, if you're sad and bad things are just naturally occurring for you, and maybe they're not with any prevalence, but that's how you feel in your attitudes, that it doesn't make that much of a difference. Because if you're never happy, you never experience the highs and the lows. So I don't know if that's true or not, but it's, uh, it's a definite possibility. And I found a few more articles here, and the, the, both of the other articles that I found actually talk about how uh, Buddhism has a lot to do 
with the explanation of happiness and whatnot. Now, before we get into the Buddhist stuff, I'm just going to play a promo for another podcast here on the ESO Network. The PWR Spot Show Podcast is a weekly wrestling podcast on the ESONetwork.com. We only talk about the real stuff. You know, Hulk Hogan and Pile Drivers. You can find us on Podbean and iTunes every Monday. You can also follow us on Twitter at PWR Spot Show and go to PWRSpotShow.xyz. Okay, so that was a fantastic promo. Uh, I hope you go check it out. Check out that podcast. Let me know if you like it. Um, do you guys like when I play these promos? Did they, does that make you happy? Learning about and discovering other podcasts? If that's a thing that makes you happy, let me know. Soulforgepodcast at gmail.com. Okay, so back to the whole Buddhism thing. I've been thinking about meditation and getting into Buddhism and stuff. I wish I had like a, a teacher that would help me with that because uh, it's hard to find that up here in Timmins, up in the land the culture forgot. But anyway, this first article was part of an interview with, uh, with somebody, and uh, an author of some kind. And the interviewer asked the author, so you wrote that natural selection doesn't want us to be happy just productive. Can you elaborate? And I'm going to read the, uh, the author's response. So he says, I should step back and say that the heart of the Buddhist claim is that the reason we suffer and make other people suffer is that we don't see the world clearly, a claim that is corroborated by evolutionary psychology. We are designed to suffer in a sense. Natural selection also designed gratification to evaporate and designed us to keep pursuing it desperately after it evaporates, and to try to cling to it, even though that's impossible. Because by pursuing this ever-elusive gratification and trying to hang on to it, we do natural selection's bidding. We seek the things that in the past would have contributed to genetic proliferation. We seek status, sex, material resources, and more and more of all of these things. The evaporation of the gratification they bring is natural selection's way of getting us to keep pursuing them. So basically what that all says is that we aren't designed to be happy. Um, the, The guy goes on to say, According to Buddhism, this pursuit of happiness involves the delusion that you can't hang on to them. And that too is designed into us by natural selection. Whenever we're looking forward to the next bit of gratification from junk food or the next promotion, we're focusing on the gratification as if it would endure. We are not thinking of the fact that the gratification will be pretty fleeting. The fact that we're not designed to be happy, yet we're designed to keep pursuing that happiness as if it were possible to hang on to it, is something that evolutionary psychology explains and meshes well with parts of the Buddhist message. So, what he's saying, and if it's true that this is actually a thing, we're designed to pursue the gratification. As soon as we have what we want, the gratification feelings dissipate. They disappear. They they lower the intensity. And we have to go start pursuing the next thing. And that's how we're designed. So happiness is basically built into us to look for it, but never actually get it. The interviewer says, Does this tie to one of Buddhism's noble truths, that desire is suffering? And the guy says, It explains why desire and thirst are such a persistent part of our experience. Unless we take pains to work on that, it will lead to suffering in the sense of recurring dissatisfaction. Evolutionary psychology explains why natural selection built into us this persistent dissatisfaction and the desire that sponsors it. 
The dissatisfaction is a byproduct of natural selection's design of the brain. But so is the fact that when you're lusting after that promotion, you weren't thinking about the fact that the gratification would evaporate, nor were you thinking of the downside. Elevations of status and responsibility bring their own problems, such as more pressure, more things to deal with, and you probably weren't focused on that as you pursued the promotion. And that too is a byproduct of natural selection. It doesn't mean that promotions aren't worth having, but we do tend to pursue them with a certain amount of delusion of what they will and won't bring. And yes, the thrill fades. So I find that kind of fascinating, that uh, we're, we're designed to pursue the thing, and as we're pursuing the thing, we're not thinking of the downsides of that pursuit when we attain it. And then we get that, and then we focus on the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing. So the other article that I found, it says here, the more we try to understand happiness, the farther away we get from it. And for Buddhists, the path to happiness starts with an understanding of the root causes of suffering. And that's, that's the, the thing that Buddhism tells us, that uh, the root cause of our suffering is craving. So if we, if we don't crave things, we won't suffer. I've been trying to wrap my mind around that for quite a while. I've got a bunch of uh, different Buddhism books and self-help books and so on. But uh, the Buddha referred to the mind as a wild horse because it likes to run fast and freely, chasing one thought after another. And we have to tame it by becoming more mindful, practicing meditation, and being more compassionate. Our reactions and emotions make us worry. Happiness is the consequence of taming the wild horse that is our mind. So if, if we're able to be more mindful stop our racing thoughts, stop craving, that will help us be happy. But happiness is, it's, it's a wave. It's an emotion that comes and it goes, and you're not going to be happy all the time. You can't be, because if you're always happy, then that's just how you are, and you need the suffering to go along with it. So it says here, the journey to happiness requires looking into the face of reality. Buddhism focuses on taming the mind and its various delusions, misunderstandings, and cravings. To attain equanimity, a deep sense of well-being and happiness, requires daily learning and practice. So, that's uh, pretty intense, actually. Albert Camus said, You will never be happy if you continue to search for what happiness consists of. You will never live if you are looking for the meaning of life. What that basically tells us is stop looking for happiness. Just live your life, and happiness will be a byproduct. Is that true? Mm, I don't know. But it's something that I'm going to be... Uh, trying to do because I'm tired of suffering. This whole craving thing that I've been reading about too. Craving leads to suffering because you're, if you crave something, uh, you don't have it or you're afraid of losing it. Be mindful of your feelings. Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. So as soon as you get rid of the fear of loss, then you can maintain the happiness. Further in this article, it says, happiness is not just a dreamy state of mind. It creates measurable outcomes as demonstrated through various studies. And there's seven different things here. It says, happy people have stronger immune systems and tend to live longer. Happy people are more creative. They're more collaborative at work. Happy people are more successful in their personal and professional lives. They do better in social relationships. Uh, they effectively bounce back from adversity, and happy people are more accepting of themselves and others. And according to Gandhi, happiness is when what you think, what you say, and what you do are in harmony. And happiness is not linear. We're continually defining our relationship with it. It's a state of mind where all our pieces fall into the right place. 
that's a lot of uh, words and articles and whatnot, and I hope it is somewhat clear, hope it makes sense. Uh, but I'm going to go back to the message from Trish from earlier today, and some of the things that uh, she wrote down that things that bring me joy. And this kind of ties into last week's uh, episode, uh, things that make your day. So similar. But the first thing she wrote down is money. And back in the day, I used to be all about the money and tried to think of ways to get rich and get rich quick schemes and selling things and doing this and doing that. Turns out money doesn't make you happy. And I've never had a lot of money, but I don't think that would make me happy. The the fact that I could go on trips and have a bunch of nice stuff, that would be cool, but that's just things. So maybe money, I'm not sure. Shopping, I, I do like a good shopping trip, whether I buy something or not. It's just fun to, to go out and look at things and uh, I, I don't even know. It's just, maybe it's an outing. Maybe it's not the shopping itself. Reading, yes, that's true. And I would go along with that, uh, a well-crafted sentence. That's something that I wrote to her. Because I like reading, but when you find a sentence that just speaks to you, whether the way it's written with the language or the thoughts that it evokes, reading in a well-crafted sentence, that certainly makes me happy. Podcasting. Yes, that makes me happy. I love to podcast. I don't know if I'm very good at it. Uh, you guys can be the judge of that, uh, but I enjoy it, and I try to bring my perspective to the listeners and if, uh, if, if my experiences can help somebody in any way whatsoever, that's great. But I love doing it. Uh, watching TV, she says. And uh, you know what? A really good show that's thought-provoking or helps me to learn something or makes me think in a different way, expands my uh, consciousness. Love it. A good conversation? Yeah. That's one of my favorite things. I remember back in university, we used to sit up for hours into 2, 3, 4 in the morning just having philosophical conversations, learning about the world and each other and talking. And I love a good conversation. There's almost nothing better than that. Uh, she also writes, a good thrifty find. Yeah, I love a deal. Maybe that goes along with the shopping. I remember uh, there was a church rummage sale and pack whatever you want into a garbage bag for 10 bucks. And I came back with about 150 Star Trek novels for $10. So yeah, that was a good thrifty find. Uh, she further goes on saying, uh, being flattered. Um, being flattered. There's something to be said for uh, a nice compliment, but it's also nice to be acknowledged for something that you've done. So flattery will get you everywhere, they say, but not if it's fake or false. So that's context-wise. Uh, she says, your own bed. Yeah, you know what? It's nice to travel. But there's just something about coming home and sleeping in your own bed after a week or so, whatever. Yeah. And she says, uh, a good schedule, including coffee. Yeah. You know what? What's better than a lazy Saturday or Sunday morning? Having a cup of coffee, not having to do anything. Whether you want to read a book or watch a TV show or maybe sit and meditate and have a coffee. Meditation is something that I, I keep thinking about getting into. I've got a meditation app on my phone, but I haven't used it. So, I don't know. I'm not really sure. A lot of these articles say that meditation is great for you. It helps with your mindfulness, puts you into a more peaceful state of mind. Maybe that's true. I don't know. One day I might try it. Hard to say. Um, so, that was her list. She said, uh, money, shopping, reading, podcasting, watching TV, a good conversation, a good thrifty find, being flattered, your own bed, 
had a good schedule, including coffee. And I said, uh, a well-crafted sentence, of course. That's definitely good. You know what also makes me happy? Making a fantastic meal that somebody enjoys. You know, you, you can make some food and it's just whatever. But when you put the time and the effort into it and you really think and you're in the moment and, and you're doing the thing, that's, that's terrific. I love that. Uh, I also love the beginning stages of getting to know somebody. When, when you find things that you have in common, when, when you can see possibility with, these, with this person, not necessarily a romantic uh, relationship, but a friendship, uh, just a connection where you meet this person there, and there's a, a commonality, a certain something that you, you just know this is your person. There's nothing better than that. So what about you folks out there in podcast land? What makes you happy? Are you afraid of happiness? You know what? I'm not supposed to tell you this, but another thing that makes me happy is when I get a super decent comment on one of my podcast links. And yeah, this this here comment right now is directed to you, Richard from Australia. I thank you for uh, often leaving a well thought out and reasoned thought to whatever the podcast topic is at that particular time. So I always look forward to that. That's fantastic. So yeah, that's uh, that's this week's episode, A Fear of Happiness. If you're more mindful, the, the fear can disappear or at least be lessened to a certain extent. If you're happy, you're going to live longer and have a stronger immune system and just get along in the world so much better. So start meditating, stop craving, and uh, yeah, that's it. Just be more accepting of who you are. And I think we'll all get along so much better with ourselves. So that's this week's episode. If you enjoyed it or have any ideas for future topics, let me know uh, at SoulForgePod on Twitter and SoulForgePodcast at gmail.com if you would like to email. You can write it out. You can record a voice note and I'll play you on the air. You let me know. So until next time, thanks for stopping by the Forge. We'll keep the fires lit until your next visit. And remember, paradise has never been about places. It exists in moments in connection, in flashes, across time. This has been another episode of the SoulForge Podcast. Find us on Twitter at SoulForgePod or email the show via soulforgepodcast at gmail.com. SoulForge is a production of Sean Vanderloo and Friends. You can find Sean on Twitter and Instagram at Darth Vaderloo. Remember to visit soulforgepodcast.com for all of our social media links and share the show with everyone you know. Thanks for stopping by the Forge. We'll keep the fires lit until your next visit. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.